What's happening, my friends? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark, Ron, and Diesel. We are the fan upstate. So let's get right into it. In my opinion, the heyday for Clemson versus South Carolina, okay? The heyday came in 2013. Does anybody dispute this? Anyone at all? You know, like in 1987, South Carolina was number 12 and Clemson was number 8. In 1979, South Carolina was number 19 and Clemson was number 13. The the number of years in which both teams were ranked are few, if I'm honest with you. Like, like you look at this, the, the football rivalry, Clemson-South Carolina – Number of years both teams are ranked are few. You know, it's like one team is good, one team is not. Both teams are not. Both teams are mediocre. I know that the, you know, that game is massive no matter what, no matter who's there, no matter what's going on. But you, you kind of go through the history of this rivalry, as, as I like to do, and you find that it's very, very inconsistent in terms of both schools being on a level. You know, you've got 1987. You have got, um, let's see here. You've got uh, the early 2000s, uh, the 2000 on the nose, Clemson 16, South Carolina 25. And then you have that break in years in between uh, before Steve Spurrier got to South Carolina, the, uh, the Jeff Scott, the Lou Holtz, that era, the Tommy Bowden era for Clemson, and it's kind of a, a little bit of a wasteland in terms of what you get results-wise, right? So, but I, I look at that year, 2013. As far as I, as far as the eye can see, this is the only year that this game, the Palmetto rivalry, and I know you guys here in South Carolina say, Mark, do not call it the Palmetto rivalry. It's Clemson, South Carolina. Clemson's name goes first now because they won the most recent game of the rivalry. That is rule of sports fandom number three. Okay. Clemson versus South Carolina. Their name goes first. The heyday was 2013. In my honest opinion, only year where you had two top teams meeting. And, you know, I looked at, you know, this last season. Okay. And you look at all the consecutive years of Clemson being ranked it dates all the way back to 2010, the last time Clemson was unranked in this matchup. So 14 straight years of one team being ranked. But guess what the ranking was this last year when the two teams played? Almost, and I'm, I'm, I'm going back here because Clemson has been ranked and South Carolina has been ranked. The last year neither team was ranked was 2008. All right, that's a long time ago. Last time before that, 2004. Turn of the millennium, essentially, right? This last year, Clemson was 24th, and South Carolina was unranked. And, you know, you got to be careful about how you phrase this. Diesel, if we phrase this for social media a certain way, it's going to get a lot of negative reaction, and I would I would prefer that we have kind of the nuance of the discussion on the show today, do you guys believe that Clemson and South Carolina, 
football in this state is in danger on some level of becoming irrelevant. Now, I'm not saying it's ever going to be irrelevant to you. Of course it matters to you. Of course it matters to me. Of course it matters to all those who live here. But when you have a rivalry game where neither team is ranked, it is not nationally relevant. In 2008, the game was not nationally relevant. This last year, the game was almost not nationally relevant. You know, Clemson's back. Frankly, South Carolina is tired from carrying you guys around. It's tired. You know, just ranked team after ranked team after ranked team after ranked team after ranked team. The last time the Gamecocks were ranked when they played Clemson was all the way back in 2013. It has been a long decade, and it has been a sad decade. That also produced a South Carolina win, as you know, a season ago, 31-30. to That score brings with it as much pain and hostility as 28-3 to does to the Atlanta Falcons. The pain, the pain level is similar. It's, it hurts, causes pain and tears and sadness. But, guys, you know, like, where are we in terms of football in this state um, as it pertains to relevancy? You know, I, I think this year, this coming year, is going to be paramount for Shane Beamer. It's year four. You've already got some fans spewing nonsense that six and six would be a success. Get out of here with this. You know, that's half the problem with the Gamecock program. Six and six is a success. Year four, six. I mean, look, you know, if, 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 that's your, uh, if that's your feeling, if that's your standard, you are the parent who celebrates a child bringing home a C or a D on the report card. A B grade in some households is met with a celebration. A B grade in other households is met with a spanking. Do you think six and six would be considered a success at Clemson? You think six and six is considered a success at Florida? Up your expectations, up your results. That's one of the founding tenets of our show. Okay? That's one of the things we say time after time after time. But if you look at the trend, right, like where is Clemson trending? Guys, I know Clemson fans, this is hard to hear, but you're trending downward. You know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. Clemson is trending downward. Okay? For a variety of reasons, it's not just because of the transfer portal, but the last three years there is a downward trend. Yeah, the truth is your reasons, your, uh, your excuses, they don't matter. That's what's happening. It's it's one of um, what's that called the, uh, the the seven stages of grief, and one of them is bargaining. You're in the bargaining stage. Yeah, but the, this is going on. Yeah, but that is going on. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but that's bargaining. Right, and Clemson is in the bargaining stage right now. I mean, the sta- Diesel, that's that's well said. The next step, Diesel, is anger. I would argue that they've kind of moved towards that category lately they're angry they're defensive about how things are going you know diesel i tweeted something today and i like this because it's confusing to people you know i sometimes i like to be confusing it's fun uh clemson burner uh said deshaun watson was a better quarterback for us than trevor lawrence and i said it's a factual statement deshaun as a player 
is better than Trevor Lawrence and on, a, on any level. He's better than Trevor Lawrence in college, better than Trevor Lawrence in the NFL. Um, I believe he's finding himself in Cleveland, and I believe you're going to see he's much better than Trevor Lawrence this year. And when you say something like that, it's like, oh, I, I don't know what we think about this. He's saying something bad about one of our guys, but he's saying something good about the other. So, guys, you know, look, we always say admission is the first step toward recovery. You are on a downward trend. I don't know what trend South Carolina is on. I know that South Carolina won a couple of top 10 games a year ago. I know that some allege that they received signs, which may have helped in the winning of those games. This is not Mark Ryan spewing something. This is, you know, documented now that Connor Stallions gave alleged signs to potential future opponents of Michigan. South Carolina just happened to beat Clemson and Tennessee around the same time. Do we have proof? No. Do we give South Carolina credit for those victories? Yes. But guys, those games are a blip in the tenure of Shane Beamer. They're the best blip, but they are a blip. And in the last year, the question that we needed to ask was, could Shane Beamer maintain it? Could he maintain the level of success? Did he really raise the bar? Or again, was it just a passing fancy? That's what it was. My friends, do you believe that uh, Palmetto State football, Clemson and South Carolina, is in danger of becoming irrelevant? Try to look for a minute, if you can, outside of our lens here in our beautiful state. Okay? Try to think about rivalry rankings, national television time slots, wanting to avoid that noon time slot for Clemson, South Carolina, wanting to avoid getting stashed on ESPN2. I mean, where are we in terms of our rivalry in this state? I don't know that it's at a... I think it's at a crossroads. I don't know that it's at a strong point. And I believe this year is going to tell us a ton. You know, if Shane Beamer goes six and six this year, what does that say? That says, okay, year four, that might be what South Carolina is going to be under his leadership. Best case, eight and four. Worst case, five and seven. Enjoy an existence of something everywhere in between. For Clemson. This year. And guys, look, I'm not trying to get on here and just spew negativity. We have a responsibility to be truthful with you. Let's be honest. Is the vibe about either head coach overly positive right now? Did Tyler and Spartanburg ever happen before now? Okay. Clemson fans are quietly concerned. South Carolina fans are openly supportive, but also quietly concerned. You know, there's not a lot of boisterousness. There's not a lot of bragging. I was telling Diesel, you know, uh, in the right before the show began today, I'm like, there, there's a quietness among both fan bases. You know, there's it, a lot of times there's braggadociousness at this time, Diesel. It's a feeling of pride within the program. I, I think. Both programs and their fan bases are in a place right now where they're pensive, where they're contemplative, where they're thinking, 
where they're concerned, and rightfully so, because this last game was almost the first one since 2013. I'm sorry. was almost the first one since 2008 where neither team was ranked. Top of the rivalry, 2013, both teams in the top 10. Clemson number six, South Carolina number 10. But Clemson number 24, South Carolina unranked last year? Guys, I, this is what we do in this business. We follow trend lines. You know, is a show tracking upward or is a show tracking downward? That's what we do. We look at trend lines. Don't stick your head in the sand. Ostrich style. You know, keep your eyes wide open on what's going on here. Because this season, we're going to find out if Dabo Sweeney is moving Clemson back to the bar that he set or if this Clemson is the new normal. This year, we're going to find out if Shane Beamer is a long-term solution for South Carolina or yet another stopgap. I would argue, guys, in terms of relevancy, this coming season might be the most important this rivalry has had in over a decade. This coming season. The trend line is not looking good. You know, it's one thing for Clemson to carry the rivalry. It's another for neither team to carry the rivalry. You know, South Carolina beating Clemson last year might be nothing more than a sign of Clemson sliding back to mediocrity just a little bit. What do you guys say? How do you say it? Do you believe that uh, football in this state is in danger of sliding into indifference, sliding into irrelevance? 71307 on the text line is where you guys can get to us. Also, the Renewal by Anderson fan phone is there for you at 844-326-3663. That's 844-F-A-N-F-O-N-E. The Renewal by Anderson fan phone. I Guys, just being real with you, shooting straight, keeping it a buck. You know, that's what we do. That's our MO at this station. If you want flowers and mints, there's a station for you that does that. If you want the truth, you can't handle the truth. We're the outfit for you. You, you look at the trend line. I mean, you, you couldn't come closer to both teams being unranked last year if you tried. And that is the trend line for both Clemson and South Carolina right now. All right, my friends, coming up next on the show, my firm opinion on what Clemson Athletics, South Carolina Athletics are doing right and doing wrong. All of that is next here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the Fan Up State. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the Fan Up State. An open and honest conversation about where Clemson and South Carolina football lie today. Texter says, Mark, already irrelevant. USC is a hellhole to live at, and Clemson is in the middle of a pasture with all the attractive cities and money out there. Now it's obvious. If you're a Clemson fan, how does that make you feel? If you're a South Carolina fan, how does it make you feel? 
Sir, can I ask you who texted this in? What is where? What is where does your fandom lie? All right. Look, I I said from the outset, I didn't think that NIL was something that truly benefited Clemson. Clemson is aware of that. So what do they do? They come up with their own institute for branding. I've been there, guys. It's awesome. Like they have the highest tech equipment, super nice studios. You can record. devise, make your own podcast. You can uh, come up with one that's the most popular broadcast in this area, more popular than this show, okay, in this area. You can can do all of that. Um, And you can put your name on it. You can become a proficient as a broadcaster. As a matter of fact, in that branding institute, they have more equipment and resources to make yourself a good broadcaster that I had during my entire stint at the University of Florida. Okay, like, it's they've got everything right there. Diesel, I actually can't wait for you to see it. They have, like, a, a state-of-the-art six-figure photography studio, you know, with all of the uh, green room-type stuff, green, green screen-type stuff, graphics, et cetera, props. They have the podcast recording studio with Tiger-branded couches and purple carpets and all of the fixings and trimmings that you have there. Why did Clemson do that? Clemson did that because they know, you know, like their name, image, and likeness, their wow factor, right, their value to players is not going to come by way of glitz and glamour, by way of the big city lights, by way of a large fan base's donation pool. They know their success is not going to come from that. So what they're doing is, they're providing value added. They're, hey, you come here, these, this is what you get. The experience here is what you get more so than the cash. Again, the question to you guys is, do you get the sense football in this state is in danger of becoming irrelevant? Clemson slide continuing, okay? Clemson slide continuing. South Carolina kind of still trying to find itself. Year four. Uh, under Beamer. You'd hope they'd be further along than they are right now. All right, my friends. So let's do this. What are Clemson and South Carolina doing right and wrong? What are they doing right and wrong? Um, For me, and I'm taking a, a broad stroke look at the entire athletic program here, okay? Um, and Look, I, I understand we're in a, a media landscape now where anything critical you say gets jumped on. But I got to be honest with you, okay? What I believe Clemson and South Carolina are doing right, uh, okay, Clemson first. Clemson's taking a stand for what's right in college athletics. Clemson's saying, no, we're not going to take part in the greed. Who knows if the lack of transfer portal guys is because Clemson doesn't have money or if it's because they refuse to spend the money. Maybe they know it's something they can't really compete in, so they don't bother to take take part in even a player. Clemson's men's soccer team, best in America. Clemson's use of the transfer portal in basketball. Getting Joe Girard to come here. Okay? Those are all things the Clemson Athletic Department is doing right Where is the Clemson Athletic Department failing? 
I want to get to one more positive here before we get to the, the Yang. Fan experience is outstanding at Clemson. As a matter of fact, it's the best fan experience I've ever experienced. You know, it is, it is friendly. It is inviting. Um, you know, you guys get to go on the field and run down the hill at or before or after every single game. Most fan bases, most fans never get to do that in their lifetime. Do you realize that? The red tape that exists at every other school, you don't get to go on the field. You never get to go on the field. You know, the only reason I ever got to go on the field in college was I was in the band, okay? Um, and the only, the only time my friends were ever on the field is, and I hope the statute of limitations on this has passed, we snuck into the stadium at 1 a.m. and kicked field goals. That's the only time their feet touched Ben Hill Griffin Stadium grass. The fan experience man at Clemson is second to none. It's just, it's a glorious day. You know, as a matter of fact, to anyone who didn't believe in God, I'd bring them to Clemson on a fall Saturday and just have them observe that scene, and I'd ask them, how do you feel about God now? I mean, just look at this scene. Just just take this in. How, how perfect of a day is this? Incredible. Where Clemson is off, where they're, where they're swinging and missing right now, my best guess, my, my firm opinion, basketball head coach, Brad Brown L. Um, Brad Brown L L L L L L. Three tournament berths, 13 years. You guys have told me your expectation is to make the tournament more years than you miss. He'd have to make the dance eight years in a row for that to be the case. That's a problem. Uh, this is an interesting one, Diesel. Uh, my second knock. This was the case when I did this, and this is the case now. They don't take any calls on the postgame show. I don't understand that. That They don't allow any calls on the postgame show. Um, I was told it was because, you know, like, they, they want the message to be positive. They, want, they don't want, in other words, Tyler and Spartanburg on their postgame show. Yeah, it's and, not like you don't have the ability. It's not it's not that hard to engineer that. You, you got to have people there that can engineer that for you. Right. And make that happen. Well, I Diesel I, I It doesn't happen because you don't want it to happen. Having done it, I can tell you that it's there. The technology's there, you know? Um I hosted a lot of those shows from studios. And it's just the only time a call was allowed was when you had a contest of some kind. Fans were not permitted to take part in the post-game festivities. And where I come from, there is no point in having a post-game show if you're not going to hear from your audience. That's what a post-game show is. Pre-game show is to tell you what you're about to see. Post-game show is to vent, you know, kick around what you just saw. I can go online and read the stats. I don't need somebody to read it to me. Yeah, like, I, I've never understood that. You know, like, I, I really feel like, you know, Clemson, you got a really positive thing. You got a really positive fan base. You got to let calls into the postgame show. Number three, I think where Clemson is swinging and missing is that they have not prioritized all sports. The feeling you get from Clemson is that football is priority number one through ten. Well, Mark Ryan, it should be. What do you expect? I, I, I think 
a little bit more weight and a little bit higher expectations should be seen by other sports. All right? I'm encouraged by what I see from Eric Bakic in baseball. Love what I'm seeing from men's soccer. Love what I'm seeing from the growth in women's softball. Okay? But I think the standard of excellence that uh, football has set should apply to the other programs as well. And then for me, lastly, uh, Clemson is swinging and missing, obviously, in the transfer portal for football. Well, you say, Mark, you can't have it both ways. You, Mark Ryan, said that Clemson has taken a stand uh, for what's right in college football. They're not going to do the transfer portal bidding thing. They're not going to poach players from other teams, right? Commitment at Clemson means something. I value that. I just don't know how well you can compete with that being the case. Biggest reason being that these transfer portal guys on other schools are 22, 23 years old going up against your 18 and 19-year-old kids. You know, we're seeing, we're, we're hearing from high school kids that are worried that their spots at schools they want to go to are going to get taken up by transfer portal guys. Why would they take 17-year-old me when they can take 22-year-old that guy? Needs fixing. Yeah, but those kids keep committing to those schools anyway. They do. Uh, let's see here. Uh, South Carolina has had a state-of-the-art recording studio for years now, and they have a barbershop. Texter, look, that's all added value, okay? It's not as valuable as having a branding institute, which Clemson has, but cool. Recording studio, added value. I remember watching Anish Shroff. It was one of those quick, like, interstitials is what they call them, little, the little thing they run between when you come back from break and when the action starts sure. again. And Anish Shroff was trying to record a hip-hop, you know, verse in the South Carolina recording studio. He's not a good rapper. No? He's a great play-by-play guy. Anish is not a good rapper. Now, who is better, Anish as a rapper or me as a beatboxer, Diesel? Uh, Don't make me do this again. Give me a beatbox. (laughs) I need to hear this again. Okay, here you go. Anish is better. I'm climbing up. Anish is better. Anish is better. Oh, come it on. Sounds, it sounds so wet, and it sounds gross. <laughs> Plus, beatbox people, they do it loud so that people can rap to it. Oh, okay. I got you. Uh, Mark, some of my coworkers, my feelings are hurt now, by the way. Some of my coworkers from Brazil went to their very first American football game, and they went to a Clemson game. They were stunned at the beauty. That's what I'm saying. You know, like, that's the kind of thing that will turn you on to life. Going to a game there. It's it's incredible. So positives and negatives on Clemson. How about South Carolina? Okay. Now, again, Gamecock fans, be very, very attentive here, okay, because I'm about to heap some love on you, all right? Appreciate the love that is coming your way, all right? Um, Gamecocks, buy in. Buy into your program is fantastic. Your athletic program. You know, your coaches, through winning, through excitement, through pep rallies, they all subscribe. You know, you can kind of tell the personality profile Ray Tanner looks for. He looks for hype guys. 
Because all of those coaches get tremendous buy-in from you. And there's a skill involved in that, right? You know, one of the uh, characteristics of good leaders is people follow what they say. Your coaches get great buy-in from you. Positive number two for South Carolina in Columbia. Basketball on the whole. Are you serious? Number one basketball program in in America is South Carolina Dawn Staley. You know, we thought that Tennessee and UConn were going to be the best women's programs forever. Then Dawn showed that wherever she goes, winning is going to follow without any of the sketchiness of Urban Meyer. I was about to say, like, she reminds me of Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer could win at Idaho. His plan, his policy, right? But there's some sketchiness that comes with it. Dawn is all the dubs, none of the sketchy. It's beautiful. Lamont Paris, all he does is have a roster that could best be described as the Island of Misfit Toys on pace to make the tournament in Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology, the Gamecocks are a six seed. Six seed. Ahead of Clemson. A seven seed. How about it? You know, the, the basketball program there. Lamont Paris has seemingly figured out how to tap into the momentum generated by the women. Duke football has never figured out how to tap into the momentum generated by Duke basketball. And then finally... For me, the third uh, positive within South Carolina's athletic program is loyalty. You know, like everyone affiliated with that program, hashtag forever to thee, spurs up, hashtag Gamecocks, the fan base, you guys, the, the university has customers for life and you Gamecocks fans. The loyalty is incredible. That's a, ver- that's a massive positive, okay? And it's, it's shown me that even though I believe you should be conditionally loyal to your team, your team gives you a good product, you're loyal. Your team gives you a bad product, you close your wallets. You guys don't look at it that way. To you, your team is your family. And you're going to support them, rain or shine. Some of you tell me that's being a fan. I say being a smart fan is not giving up your resources when the product stinks. That forces change. But you guys are loyal no matter what, to a fault. And that's pretty cool. So South Carolina positives, buy-in, basketball, and loyalty. Buy-in, basketball, and loyalty. Um, on the negative, how about fan base tact? Okay? The bottom 10% of the Gamecock fan base might be the roughest portion of any fan base I've ever encountered in a 14-year career. This is not just my opinion. The Gamecocks lead the nation in ejections from their stadium. Still, guys, you know, like, if you have an opinion like that, best back it up with fact. So here you go. The game, one out of every 1,000 Gamecock fans that attends a football game at Williams-Brice Stadium is ejected. One out of every 1,000. What is in the water over there? Oh, I know, Diesel. It's poopy ice cubes, right? (laughs) Remember that? What was getting into the water at the uh, concession stands? Um, Number two, strike against South Carolina. Their football coach's maturity. 
Shane, grow up. Grow up. Stop fighting with radio hosts. Stop kicking the walls. The wall is undefeated in that exchange. Stop acting irritable. Stop blowing smoke up our skirts that, hey, man, the fact that a transfer left you and you took that transfer back means it's a hell of a statement for your program. No, it, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Okay? Just, you know, mature a little bit. Grow into the role. She ran off, got some dirty, dark, and deep, and then she came back to me. <laughs> Shows how good I am. Yeah, yeah. That's what she said. Number three, um, identity. What is the identity? What's the identity of a Gamecock fan in general? Okay? You know, like, in this building, let me tell you what they say about the Gamecock fan base. They're like, Mark, go easy on them. They've been kicked a lot. That's the saying in this building. Okay? Go easy on them. They've been kicked a lot. Is that your identity? Is your identity that of the forlorn? Are you just the, the sad sack fran- f- fan base? Is that the identity here? Okay? Or what's the identity of the football team? How come in year four we still don't know what Beamer's identity is as a coach? That's a problem. Wouldn't you agree? Like, what is the identity of the football team? What do they do well? I don't know. I still don't know. Do they pass block well? No. Do they run well? No. Do they defend well? No. Do they, do they recruit well? Kind of. But really, they were a one-man team last year in Spencer Rattler. Number four, results. Consistently not there. Results consistently not there. As a matter of fact, Steve Spurrier's stretch of five straight wins, 2009 to 2013. Gosh, Diesel. If you had to guess, Diesel, um, before Steve Spurrier, when was the last time South Carolina won two straight games against Clemson? Ooh. I'm going to guess back in the George Rogers era. I think you're close. It is 1969 Ooh. and 1970. George Rogers was when? Early 80s? That's a little off. Um, but 1969 and 1970 was the last time South Carolina beat Clemson two consecutive years in football. You know, social media is now in this place where I can just say that and it will inflame Gamecock fans. Just posting a fact will inflame Gamecock fans. How crazy is that? How absurd is that? And then, to me, the final knock on the Gamecock program is small-minded thinking. Small goals. Hey, 6-6 six and six would be successful. Small-minded thinking. If anybody is critical of us, you're not welcome. This is, this is how small-town high schools behave. Okay, this is not major SEC football. Um, you know, you can be critical of Clemson, and Clemson behaves largely like an NFL franchise. They want you to be fair. They don't want you to make it personal. If you are critical of a call at South Carolina, um, you know, they have very small-town, small-minded thinking. 
And my worry for you, if you're a Gamecock fan, is that the program is not going to elevate unless until that goes away. You know, you, you need to be, you know, the reason we say offsides is the show that gives you both sides is because all sides of the discussion are welcome here. But in Columbia, only one side is. And I say that's a big, big problem. George Rogers, by the way, 1977 and 1980. I was close. There you go. Yeah. How about Just that? Just a wild guess. Up next on the show, your takes. Did I hit? Did I hit with that, my friends? Positives, negatives, Clemson and South Carolina, athletic programs. Spend some time thinking about that. How did I do? Um, up next, I will tell you if both Clemson and South Carolina basketball are going to get wins this weekend on the hardwood. If one is, or if neither. My name is Mark Ryan, and he is Diesel, and we are the fan upstate. It's offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstate. Great to have you guys with us. So uh, if you're just joining us, we've posed the question to you to start the show today. Are Clemson and South Carolina, the football programs, in danger of becoming irrelevant for the first time since 2008? And we've highlighted positives and negatives within the athletic program. All right, here we go via the text line today. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Mark, the last time they took calls on a Clemson postgame show was August 31st, 1996, a day that will live in infamy. Real Pat McNeil, give me some elaboration there, if you would, please. U of SC identity is diapers, pacifiers, and crying, a texter says. (laughs) Um, Texter says, I hope I misunderstood you, Mark. We held a five-year stretch over Clemson while Connor Shaw was there. Mark, Mongo, you did misunderstand me, Mongo. Um, not counting the Spurrier era. The last time that Clem- that South Carolina has beaten Clemson in back-to-back seasons, okay, was 1969 and 1970. That was buffoonery. That was complete and total buffoonery. Yeah, the buffoonery in Mongo is that you weren't paying attention. Uh, texter says, about wrecked my car laughing at dirty dark and deep mark you nailed it as someone with family ties to carolina but not really buying in i agree 100 percent with the description of south carolina texture says mark you forgot women's soccer that made the final four for clemson just gymnastics is looking good women's rowing received top 20 votes the last four years texture with all due respect to those sports They're not revenue-generating sports, okay? Look, when you're speaking of the athletic program, you know, you're speaking of the programs that make you grow and make you dough. That's what you're talking about here. Uh, Texter says, it's only diapers, pacifiers, and crying because we raise our fans from the time they're babies. Nothing says crying more than purple and orange, all right? Nothing says crying more than that. All right, guys, Uh, some massive games on the hardwood this weekend. You know, like South Carolina 
is poised to be not only in the top 25, maybe in the teens, maybe in the top 20. But my question is this. Should they fall at Georgia tomorrow, 1 p.m. SEC Network? Should they fall? Do they fall out of the top 25 altogether? You know, I'm looking at these other records. Uh, Worst record to be in the top 25. Alabama has six losses, and they're in. Six losses. Then you have, let's see here, Illinois is uh, Creighton. Creighton has five losses in their 13th. Make it make sense. Make Creighton five losses in 13th. Illinois, five losses and 14th. Okay, who are those five losses to? I don't know. Let's let's see. Creighton, uh, Creighton Blue Jays play in the Big East. The losses are to Diesel, Colorado State, Nico Medved, mm-hmm. right? Medved. Medved. Uh, UNLV, Villanova unranked. Top 10 Marquette, number one UConn. Three, two of the losses are good, okay? Two of the losses are good, but they have five losses, Diesel. Meanwhile, South Carolina's beating Kentucky and Tennessee. South Carolina, uh, as of last Monday's poll, yeah. was first in others receiving votes. So they're sitting at 26. What, what, you guys got to gotta, gotta get your egos in check. Like your football, your, your basketball team has had half of a good season. But these are, and you, you Hang know, on. Yeah. You've had half of a good season, and you're screaming your heads off, we're not going to get a respect. Well, you build respect over time. All of you. You got to relax. Just let it happen. Okay? Just let it happen. You are going to be in the tournament. You're going to be in the tournament. So, like, just just chill. Just chill about where you're ranked and the disrespect. I mean, the statistical analysis. This is not opinion, okay? The statistical analysis has you in the 40s in both the Ken Palm and the net. So, explain to me why you think you should be 15 to 20 spots above where the statistical analysis says your team is. Oh, we've only lost three games. Yeah, but the math says you're just not that good. I mean, you're good. I'm not not taking anything away from you. You're good. You're beating really, really good teams. But the statistics say you're not that good. Yeah, I think they're wrong, Diesel. I think the stats are wrong. Based on what? I, based on their one loss record, based okay, on the but yeah, but they but, play but, but 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 give me some actual math that tells me the math is wrong. Not okay. not my heart, my uh-huh. heart, my my subjective heart tells me that the objective math is wrong. That doesn't make any sense, and and frankly, it doesn't matter. Well, no, the math is eighteen and three, Diesel. The math is eighteen and three in a major conference. Okay, I don't believe the, these computers or the analytics are particularly accurate. Do you? I mean, as a as a fan of a team who's perpetually screwed by the numbers. Yeah, but this doesn't have anything to do with me. Stop trying to yeah, but me when the when the math in multiple multiple statistical analysis analyses tell you virtually the same thing. You're telling me that both the Ken Palm and the Net are both getting it wrong in the exact same way. Yeah, I'm saying South Carolina the last week is better than a top five team. And they're better than the top six. Yeah, but it's not based on the last week. It's based on the whole season. Okay, well, the whole season they have three losses. Diesel, open your eyes, brother. This yeah, is a really I, good my team. eyes are open. The math tells you the answer. What math? Your, your heart is telling you one thing. The math is telling you something else. And you're saying, I just frankly don't believe it. And then I can't help you with that. Well, evident, this is the first time in my life, folks, that I've been told that my heart is with the Gamecocks. That's, this is the, I was today years old. 
when that happened for the first time. You know, Diesel, sometimes the analytics are wrong. They've been wrong a lot in baseball. They're wrong a lot now. You know, like, we've talked to Bob Ritchie about how he feels about the net ranking and how he feels about Ken Palm. They're wrong. You know, this is a really good team. Kelly Ford's rankings this week said the Gamecocks are the 67th best team. Well, the 67th best team just beat the 5th ranked team and the 6th ranked team. And they're getting better. They're not getting worse. They're getting better. You know, I mean, this team this year only losses Clemson when they were in the top 25, Alabama, who's now in the top 25, and Georgia. Georgia is probably an NIT team. Your worst loss of the year is to a 15-7 and NIT team, probably. It's, I'm just telling you, like, dude, this is a good team. You can play the denial game, but I'm telling you, this is a really, this is a really, really good team. So I think South Carolina, with revenge on their mind, goes to Georgia this weekend and gets a win. Uh, I think Florida goes to Texas A&M and drops one. Uh, Gamecock, Aggies and Gators are both on the bubble. And I like Clemson at home to get a big dub over Virginia. Neither team is ranked. Virginia closer to that than Clemson. Virginia third place in the ACC, but coming to Clemson, massive game. Look, you win this one at home, Clemson fans, you start making your March Madness plans. You do. All right, my friends, we've got Brent Beard coming your way next right here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides. Mark, Ron, and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate.